now continue our reading in the Gospel of John. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished, and bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies that would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He also saw it and has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. Now we gather tonight to remember the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. That the incarnate God-man came as the sacrifice for sin for our sakes. And today we are remembering uh, one line in particular that is unique to John's gospel, the final words of Jesus that as he hung on the cross, he summarized the gospel as a whole, the whole good news of his coming with it is finished. It is finished. We're going to look at that tonight and remember that Jesus Christ on the cross, he said it is finished, that we might live under the completed and finished work of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the plan that you set in place from all eternity, and we thank you that you did not leave us in our brokenness and our sin, but you sought to save us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who came down and died for us. Father, there is no other salvation, there is no other hope. And so, Father, with with bitter sweetness, we call this Good Friday, and we thank you for it. We thank you that the sins were not placed upon us, that death was not not our judgment, but it was put upon Christ, that Christ was judged in our place. We ask that you might uh, make this reality sink deeper into our hearts, into our minds, that we might live out of it. Would you speak to us through your word, we pray in Christ's name. So, what does it mean when Christ said that it is finished? First, that Jesus Christ dying on the cross, he completed the eternal plan of salvation for all humanity that God had put in place from the beginning of time. We think think about this in in the realm of theology that, that beyond and in back of all of the ways that God has interacted with humanity, there was 
this covenant that God made with himself. And that God, not just the Father, no, the, the Trinitarian God, three in one, set forth a plan for the salvation of sinful humanity. The Father planned it. The Son would accomplish it, and then the Holy Spirit would apply it to the hearts and minds of believers. And in this death of Jesus on the cross, that is the pinnacle, that is the linchpin of the salvation plan of God for our sins to deliver us. And that's why I remind us, this is not just a terrible event that happened to, to Jesus. This is the completion of the plan that was in works from all, from the, the, the very conception of our need for salvation. Peter, in his first sermon, says, This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. This was God's plan. This was not our plan. This was not just something we witnessed and, and mourn. This is what God himself set forth that we might be saved, that he would die for humanity. This is the great scandal of the Christian faith. This is what sets us apart, that we are not just a religion of the law. We are a religion of a Savior who came, God who came to die for us. That is our distinguishing mark. This is the, the core of the gospel. And just to remind us of that, uh, we start to see, we see all, all of the, the threads of Scripture and all of these prophetic words, they start weaving together, and all of the stars start to align on this one event, the death of Jesus Christ. We saw hints of it already. We saw the, the fulfillment of prophecy, we saw the dividing of his garments. This most, un most unlikely of events that, why would, why would the Savior be, why would they be gambling over his clothes? And then here it is, the fulfillment of Psalm 22. We have the drinking of vinegar, the fulfillment of Psalm 69, 21. For my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink. Not one of his bones would be broken. Now, this is Old Testament. Uh, they would have known that. That is a rule that would be true of the Passover lamb. That not a single of its bones would be broken. And here is Jesus, the Passover lamb. And the fulfillment of the prophecy of Psalm 34. The piercing. Zechariah 12.10. Right, we see kind of all of human history culminating. And all of the most important prophetic words, they are all coming to pass as Jesus Christ is hung on the cross. All right, and then we see the, the stories that have been woven throughout Scripture. And we see the, the offspring of Eve, whose heel was bruised. We see Abraham's son Isaac offered up as, a as a, an altar on the altar a sort of crucifixion prefiguring. We see the Passover lamb, this innocent lamb whose blood would rescue us from the, the angel of destruction. We see the, the death of David's son for his sins. 
Jonah in the belly of the fish, Daniel in the lion's den. We can go on and on and on. The suffering servant of Isaiah. All of these things are pointing forward to Jesus Christ in the culmination of divine and human history as the final sacrifice. This is the salvation that God has put in place over thousands of years through, multi- through dozens and dozens of authors, authors. Here is it all coming together. The plan of salvation is finished. It is accomplished. It is done. Now, why do, I, why do you care? Why do you care about that today? All right. There are other plans for salvation. There are other plans for salvation. There are other paths. There are other things that are presented before us of ways to save ourselves. And we are asked today, do we, do we look to the salvation that is offered on the cross that is finished? Or is our salvation still in the works? Is it still being accomplished by us day by day? I remind us that we can either choose this, this divine plan of God that he set forth, we see is all coming together in the cross, or we can say, you know what, I'll just try to do my best. And I'll just try to be a nice person, and I'll pretend that I'm doing a good enough job when I know that day after day I don't do a very good job. But I'll give myself a pass. Or maybe we're seeking salvation in the ways of the world, in our own self-righteousness, in our own comforts. Or maybe we say, you know what, we're, we're disappointed with God. And you say, you know what, if he's so powerful, if he's so great, why didn't he do anything? Why didn't he, why didn't he stop evil? Why didn't he, why didn't he set forth a plan? All right, this is Jesus, the God-man Hanging on the cross, he had a plan. This is the plan. This is the solution for evil. This is the solution for suffering. This is the solution for for death and for sin. I would call us to, to day by day live under this salvation. There is no other Savior. There is no other salvation. We praise him as the one who, who accomplished all of salvation, and it is finished. We have no hand in it, but to receive it and, and to acknowledge that, yes, it is finished on our behalf, and to praise God as the one who works salvation so that we don't have to. That is what was finished on the cross. That is what Jesus is saying. Will you hear him, and will you receive it as the finished work we have another aspect then now of the, 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 in what sense is it finished? Jesus has fulfilled all righteousness. He has become the perfect one. And on the cross, his work as the perfect one, the righteous one, the holy one who is accomplishing righteousness for us, that work is finished on the cross. All right, let's just, let's just set the stage here. Okay, so what kind of day did Jesus have here? Uh, he was abandoned. 
He was betrayed. Beyond that, he was blasphemed and false accusations were spread about them. He was beaten and condemned and mocked and stripped bare, given a cross to carry up the mountain of the skull, nailed to that cross, and and hanging there is struggling for every breath. And yet, what is Jesus doing? If we combine the, the different gospel accounts, uh, what is he saying with his last breath? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Or he's saying, uh, today you'll be with me in paradise. Or he looks over and he sees, of all people, he sees his mother. Verse 26, when Jesus saw his mother there, and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that day on, this disciple took her into his home. All right, are we, are we conceiving of this? All right, Jesus is doing things on the cross that we can't even do in our lives now. He's offering forgiveness to those who are actively killing him and interceding on their behalf. All right, he's evangelizing. And instead of crying out for his own salvation, he's, he's evangelizing the, the sinful criminal next to him. And as he is, in any time, going to be self-focused and self-serving, you know, as he's hanging on the cross, dying, he sees his mother there and makes sure that she is provided for. All right, that is our Savior. That is the one who works righteousness for us. And that's where, uh, if we want to be kind of glib about the cross, we can say, you know, it's, it's easy to die for someone. In a moment of passion, you could die for someone and it's over quickly. All right, that's not all Jesus did. That day by day, he lived the perfect life of righteousness, dying to himself, dying and dying and dying to his own desires, dying to everything but the, to, to love and to obey his Father so that he could then offer us his perfect righteousness, his perfect holiness in exchange for our sin. And as Jesus is hanging there, he is saying, it is finished. The work of attaining righteousness and, and earning holiness and fulfilling the law, it is finished as Jesus gives up his spirit on the cross. Now, are you willing to receive that finished work? I know we've been talking a lot about bearing our crosses. And picking up our crosses and following Jesus and obeying him. And I remind us, there is no obedience that you are going to add to the work of Jesus. You are not going to accomplish anything that he has not accomplished. And so I remind us, if, if you obey now, it is out of the abundance of love and joy that you found in Christ. It is not because you have to. 
you know, what, what freedom and what joy and what sacrifice by Christ. Your works are finished. Your righteousness is attained. You have already found holiness because it is finished on the cross. Amen? Now finally, finally, the last thing that was finished on that day, on Good Friday, the payment of sin was finished. Once and for all. I remind us, what is the the wages of sin? The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. And I remind us, we all have full-time jobs. Full-time jobs that we, we work actively at day and night as sinners. Sinners with sinful hearts in our idle factories producing sin and we are a million times over earning our wages of sin, which is death. And here comes Jesus Christ, the holy and perfect one who has all righteousness, who is dying on the cross for our sake. Colossians 2.13 And you, who were dead in your trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, with Jesus, having forgiven us all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Nailing it to the cross. That we have all of these trespasses, and here is Jesus Christ bearing the, the guilt and bearing the judgment Nailing those things to the cross so that we might bear them no more. All of the demands, all of the debt, all of the payment, all of those things are finished as Jesus Christ died on the cross. There is nothing left to pay. There is nothing left to forgive. There is nothing left to feel guilt and shame about. We are set free by Christ. And not free so that we have a second chance to now try harder. And not, not given this, uh, this kind of new life and we better not mess this one up. Or that now we, can now, now we can work hard every day and make sure we stay there. No. We are given uh, past, present, and future forgiveness for all sin which we so desperately need, let's, let's not pretend that we don't need it. Don't pretend that you don't need Jesus any more today than you did one, five, ten, fifty years ago. We desperately need this one on the cross, and thankfully, he has said it is finished. Now what does this mean for us? I wish I could say that, you know, we're, we're preaching to the choir here. We already know it's finished. We already know. Uh, we don't. And that's where we still find ourselves trying to pay and trying to kind of day in and day out work our wages off, work our debt off. And we feel imprisoned to it. All right. That is not. That is not a calling from Christ. He said it is finished. We aren't supposed to live there any longer. A good day and a bad day, for both it is finished. 
There's nothing to work off. There is no debt to be paid. You shouldn't be haunted by the past. You don't need to be. You don't need to worry about your future sin because what if? No, it is finished. Now, I know that some of you don't feel like that. I don't feel like, like that sometimes. And so, hey, here, bear, bear with me with this. All right, this is complicated. All right. If you don't feel like you're forgiven, and you don't feel like, you're like I, I, don't, I don't feel like it's, it's really gone, all right, you're not listening to Jesus. And it's probably because uh, we're not following Jesus in that moment. We're following other gods and other idols that will not forgive us and that have not said it is finished. If you're serving your own self-righteousness, every time you sin and fail, you cannot forgive yourself because your own pride will not forgive you. If you serve the world and success uh, and you fail, that idol will not forgive you. It is not finished. No, you have to work to keep climbing and advancing. Oftentimes, if we do not care about the forgiveness of Jesus, it's because we are, we're following after a God that does not forgive. If you're seeking some kind of other salvation, those things are never finished. And that's where when we say things like, you know, like, flee from idols, it's not, you know, that, that justice, like, those are, those are bad, run away from them. It's also, those are, those are poor gods who do not offer forgiveness, you will never be done. Your God will never tell you it is finished. Jesus alone says it is finished, and he does it for us. People, people in your life will not say it is finished. That's an unfortunate reality, but they can be there to remind you of your past sins, to to bring up the things you have done wrong. All right, we have a choice to listen to them or listen to the words of Jesus Christ on the cross, making the payment, saying it is finished. Finally, sometimes it feels really pious and really holy to say, yeah, but, you know, I just have so much sin. It couldn't possibly be paid for. All right. That's, that's, not a, that's not a humble thing to say. That's a very proud thing to say. And that's not a pious thing to say. That's actually a, a blasphemous thing to say. Because in that moment, what are you saying? You're saying that, no, Jesus doesn't get to say when it's finished, I, I, I need to. And what you have done, in the, what we have done in that moment is we've, we've made Jesus Christ die in vain. That we would still try to perfect ourselves and Jesus says it is finished. We call Jesus a liar. We despise the cross. We are not listening to our Lord say it is finished. And so I would remind us, if you have put your faith in Christ, then all of your sins have been nailed to the cross. You bear them no longer. There is nothing left to pay. We live under the freedom of grace and mercy and salvation that is found in Christ.
that, that is what we remember on Good Friday. That's what makes this, this day so good, is that we get to live there and we get to praise Jesus Christ who accomplished the plan of salvation, who gives to us his perfect righteousness and who takes away our sins. That is the blessing of this day. Let us praise him. Let us receive his body and his blood that we may be reminded that we do not live by ourselves or by our works or by any righteousness. We live by Christ who died for us. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you, in all of your grace and love and wisdom, set forth this plan of salvation. We thank you, Jesus, for being willing to, to come and to die. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening our eyes to see it. We ask that eyes would continue to be opened, that hearts would, would long for it to be finished, for their striving to be finished, for their guilt and shame to be finished, and to live under the completed work of Jesus. But Father, would you continue to work out these things in our lives? Would you be pressing them into our hearts? Would you give us the joy that we have in our salvation even as we mourn the death of our Savior? We know that, that he had to die and that out of love he did so. We praise you, Jesus. We thank you. We delight in you. Would you continue to give us hearts of worship, we pray in Christ's name.